podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Championship point or break point? Championship or break point incoming? Sinner surfing here, 30 all. Down the tee, backhand return. Now he's got a forehand. Medvedev on the defence, can't get it. We've got a championship point, ladies and gentlemen. 40-30. ladies and gentlemen. Championship point. Sinner serving here. 5-3. 40-30. Medvedev waits. Sinner. First serve is in. Very cool from Yannick. Medvedev now into the rally. This is championship point, ladies and gentlemen. Where are we going to go? We're changing direction is what we're going to do from Yannick Sinner. Wow, Yannick Sinner. Ace, a forehand winner down the line. And Yannick Sinner falls to the ground and wins his first Grand Slam title. Oh, Daniel Medvedev. Daniel Medvedev, from two sets to love up, congratulates Yannick Sinner. The head-to-head now, of course, is six and four, but that's not the stat that matters most. Yannick Sinner wins his first Grand Slam title here in Melbourne in Australia. Fair play, says Yannick, uh, Eleanor. How are you feeling about that? Uh, three to four Grand Slam prediction now. Gucci Sinner says Peaches, he delivered or it delivered. I'm not sure whether Terry's referring to Yannick or the match. Three hours, 44. Not super long for a five-setter. It was one bridge too far for Daniel in the end. Yannick goes to his team, jumps into their box and gives them all a hug. including um, Cahill, of course. And Yannick Sinner's decision to change his coaching team in 2022 is looking smarter and smarter with every day that follows. Yeah, I know, Medi indeed. Yeah. Sean says he's so happy. I, I have mixed emotions. I mean, I'm very happy for Yannick. I, I, I like both players. They seem to be nice guys. And uh, congratulations there. Something's been forgotten. What did you forget? Oh, a new pair of shoes. A pair of shoes to relax into, I think. Yeah, so there we go. Australian Open winner 2024, Yannick Sinner. Where was this match won and lost? Well, it certainly wasn't won as far as Yannick Sinner is concerned regarding the first two and a half sets. And I'm pretty sure we got to four all, love 15. I'm going to go back to that point in the match if I can find it. I'm looking at... Oh, I'm looking at also here, we had five, we had a game point for Medvedev at 
No, it's Damien. Damien. Hi. Can you hear me? Are oh, you on the street? Yes, I'm on the street. I'm literally on the street. Of, of br bright and breezy um, Poland. Hey, listen. Still in Poland, yes. What have we? Still in Poland, yeah. What have we just seen there today? Um, honestly, I think it's a it's a match that definitely had like two parts, and they are very easy to understand, to comprehend. It's like, yeah, just find the differences, right? I mean, Medvedev compared to that um, Zverev semi was just like already right away he was like just i'm gonna have i'm gonna have to go for it if the body is gonna hold up and uh obviously he, he did come out with like a very different approach than usual i actually am very excited to see like in the future whether he can tap into this a little bit more in general whether he can find this you know more aggressive attitude in some other matches not necessarily when he has to go for it but also when it's just like an option and um, yeah, he obviously started returning the serve much closer to the baseline, which is also really good. And like, yeah, let's see in the future, for example, the, the Alcaraz matchup gets better because, you know, he now seemingly has the ability to adapt that. And, and it was like the um, Wimbledon, uh, Wimbledon semi was it against Alcaraz when he was trying that and yeah. basically yeah. couldn't get a racket on any first serves. But um, all in all, uh, of course, that sort of went away. Maybe the mindset as well, but mostly the legs and also the pop on serve, which was like so important because when he went two sets to love up, we were like, so okay, um, Sinner basically has no margin for error. And if Medvedev can just keep up the serve pressure, then um, that might be like just an opportunity for him, even without the legs, you know, to, to keep going and maybe something um, is going to pop up. Obviously, that serve pressure didn't really uh, remain for the entire match, I guess. Uh, although he did have like a breakpoint, right? That's three, three all maybe in the fourth. I think so. so I guess, yeah, yeah that, that was that was probably like the biggest moment, the only moment when he was close to winning it. But um, I think what um, over over time, like the most important aspect, just became something that Sinner has been so good at the entire fortnight, which is just really not overheating, playing within himself. Uh, just like in the Djokovic matchup, you know, when he's not going for broke, he's not going for the lines. He's just playing pretty safe, solid, heavy shots while of course still being aggressive and after that Medvedev didn't really have anything to do there like with the uh, with, with how tired he was and obviously there was still that one moment maybe at the beginning of the fifth in the first game when you feel you feel that there might be an opportunity to break for Medvedev but of course it never got to a break point then there was that 39 shot rally which I yeah. think definitely like like at that point when Medvedev lost it it was very hard to see a way to you know a path to victory for him uh, he did hold, I think, or like, or like, uh, basically hold for a couple of games, or of course, eventually, Sinner takes it. So I, I, I still have to credit Yannick because, well, he did, a, he did extremely well to like maintain in the in the last three sets to basically without having any margin for error, maintain what he was doing on Fortnite, and also to keep it up like mentally, keep himself together, which was yep. not a given anymore because yeah, the the sets one and two, he just looked completely flamoxed and yeah, confused with what, what Medvedev was doing. Which of course, Cine recently has been like pretty good at adjusting tactically, but in a, on an occasion like this, it's it's not easy. Uh, it's it's first final. It's a lot of pressure. But eventually, he actually sort of managed to do it, you know, perfectly right as the as the match went on, and um, that's why maybe even though he wasn't again doing anything spectacular, like he just really the last three sets played at that same level that he's been tapping into every match basically <laughs> of late. And he managed to, yeah, managed to keep himself together without any major dips, which uh, maybe recently we haven't really seen from him. But given that opportunity, that stage that we were at, certainly it felt like there might be some issues coming. So 
a phenomenal win for him. I mean, for Medvedev, it's, it's definitely quite heartbreaking. <laughs> He's one and yeah. five in the finals now. I can't really say. Like, maybe he did back down a little bit and said 3-5, but again, he was so tired that I can't really even say that he messed it up here. Like, it's very different than Nadal Medvedev uh, yeah. Australian Open final. You know, it's, it's extremely different. I mean, there, of course, Medvedev was also struggling physically, said 4-5, four, four, four but he was, like, still, um, I would say, in the, in the third set, of course, he had a massive chance to win it. So, so uh, yeah, it, it's very different. It's a little unfortunate for him that he was that he's now one in five in these finals. But to be honest, I mean, he kind of did kind of did it himself, right? Um, the the way he, he, he did it to himself in the previous matches, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, this new aggressive style, by the way, could have helped him out if it had been maybe a little bit more forward in some of those other matches, and he could have got the job done a bit quicker. Um, what wh where do we go here for Daniel? I mean, I, I, do you fear the worst, like maybe I do, in terms of? I'm not sure if he ever will win another slam. Uh, yeah, I think before this event, it was very much in question already. And um, yeah. of course, he had a wonderful chance here. He did make the final in five of the last seven hardcore slams, which is yeah, just such an insane record, honestly, and something that I wasn't really aware of before this event, that he's on a run like this. Of course, like if you stop and think about it, you would, you would get it. But like I, I wasn't aware that, fully aware that this is happening, actually, that he's really reaching the final in like, every hardcore slam, basically. Uh, so from that perspective, sure. But then again, uh, it's pretty much the same issue as for all the guys like um, of his generation, basically. Zverev, Rublev, Tsitsipas, they sort of can't compete with the young guns already. Uh, of course, today, Daniel like, came out with a very aggressive mindset, kind of confused sinner. But, you know, if they're playing another hardcore final, let's say in a year, is he going to be able to do the same to Yannick? Like, is he going to be able to confuse him? I don't know. Maybe he arrives in the final in better physical shape. So it's not like the door has closed, but it is closing. And, and yeah, just being 1-5 in these finals, it does feel like he's been like very unfortunate with that as well. But yeah, um, the previous rounds, they didn't have to be that hard. I mean, the slog fest against Rusev Wardy, maybe super slow conditions at night, but, but still, you don't really need to go that deep. Of course, Furkacz then was like, he was already kind of down physically. And, and then against Zverev, I guess, starts playing completely different from the third set onwards. Maybe if he comes out with that mindset, maybe he wins that in four. Maybe he doesn't just, you know, have to, again, dig so deep. So I'm, I'm still impressed with how he plays, especially in the first two sets. And again, it's not like the Nadal uh, five-setter at the Australian Open, where he had like a real, real winning chance. Here, despite being successful of, up only that break point in the third, but nothing crazy on it either. But um, yeah, it, it is definitely quite worrying. I mean, we, we all know that the last loss, at least that's what it seemed like, that it kind of, the last loss as in the Nadal Australian Open final, it kind of seemed to like destroy him for a while also mentally. I don't know if this is going to happen again here because maybe he will also think about it like the same way that I do. So basically I, I had to play, you know, sort of I'm with my comfort zone. I had no, I had no legs left. Maybe he'll just think about it like that. But uh, of course, yeah, it is, it is a real possibility that he's not going to win a slam. And and being one five in in some finals, you know, it's it's not that common. I think definitely for the most part we would expect him, even if he might have like sl slightly lower upsides than all the other players, let's say around his generation and also Djokovic Nadal. Still, you would expect him to like play, you know, three of these maybe. Um, he definitely has a much better record in finals at the ATP thousand level. So, uh, yeah, it is worrisome uh, if, if you're going to ask me if he's going to win one. I don't know. But um, before this event, I wasn't really um, yeah, banking on it, you know, that he was going to win. 
I guess it's super impressive to get to five finals out of seven, but um, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. One more before you go. Um, what has Yannick done to turn this rivalry around where he was obviously losing the first six mm-hmm. matches, uh, culminating in the Miami final, which I think you comment- I think you commentated on that one. I could be wrong. Uh, um, with Mario, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then from there, we've had the last four in a row uh, going the way of, of, of Yannick. And, and it did feel like this one was, was going to go his way at the beginning of the match, um, I must say. So what's, what's Yannick done to turn that rivalry around? Um, I think most importantly, like in Beijing, he obviously introduced a lot of variety in terms of the drops of the net play. But probably the biggest thing is the serve improvement. Because like the, the, the major uncomfortable aspect, I guess, for him in this matchup was the flat hitting of Medvedev, which even today in the first couple of sets was really dangerous. Maybe later on, also the, the slower conditions at night, you know, played its part in like uh, Sinner getting more comfortable with it. But in general, like he just struggled to get any three points, of course, against the defense. And then you get a wonderful serve. I mean, you really turn it into a major weapon and that, that's always going to help you. And uh, when, I think when he also beat him in Beijing, it like allowed him mentally to get over that hurdle a little bit. So like when he played him again in Vienna or the ATP finals, he was like, uh, not, not the ATP finals, but uh, no, ATP finals was the third match. Yeah, ATP finals, of course, yeah. the semi-final, the semi-final. Uh, yeah, so when he played him again in Vienna and the ATP finals, it suddenly turned out that he doesn't actually need to, to like rush the net and do stuff. He can actually now beat Medvedev at his own game in a way. Of course, the serve again being such a major factor. But this match, I would say, is is, a, is in a little bit of a different category. Like Beijing for me is the one he wins like with variety, with all the other aspects. Beijing and ATP finals, he sort of beats Medvedev at his own game. Today, I guess in the last three sets, he just had to stay, you know, keep it together mentally. And and really, I think the, the, main, uh, the main sort of asset of Sinner this event has just been the fact that um, yeah, he's not really painting the lines. He's not peeking out of his mind. It's in, He knows what's going to be enough. And he just starts sort of outplaying Medvedev in all the longer exchanges, which of course was a little easier given that he had no legs. But yeah, I, I don't think this much really compares to the previous ones. And um, But but it's still a big mental win for, for Sinner to sort of come out and get blitzed in the first two sets. I mean, easily could have been 6-3, 6-1 even. Yeah. And then despite that not crumble later because it's not like Medvedev wasn't applying any pressure he was just I guess applying slightly less pressure than than in the first two sets yeah right and I guess oh, I, I I see a tweet from Vance on the screen which basically says that uh, right now so. yeah yeah absolutely all right listen Damien I think we've addressed all we need to and uh I'll let you get back to uh, you're going to Germany right and then uh, I thought we we're going to t- today to Germany right yeah, I am going to Germany. I have like eight minutes until my tram. So, you know, if you want to stay for like two or three more, I'm definitely uh, okay with that. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you've got another sort of take on this, I mean, I thought we'd, we'd covered a lot of ground there, to be honest with you. But, yeah. Yeah. but if you've I'm got another really. point about the match, I mean, listen, my, my a very basic point is that the way I saw it, commentating on it, 
uh, Daniel was not redlining, that's too strong a word, but he was playing out of his mind uh, in the first couple of sets. And Yannick was possibly a bit tentative, first Grand Slam final and all that. Um, but but really, just there wasn't really a lot, I don't think, that Yannick could have done to some extent in those first two sets. But then, even in the third set, I started thinking, listen, to be honest with you, I mean, we hadn't even got to... If this was a best of three, then okay. But even in the third set, already we were seeing, you know, the return game from Daniel wasn't really having much of an effect. I think, I think in those final three sets, he did have just one break point that you touched on. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I think it was just one. And, and Yannick was generally holding comfortably. There was a kind of a moment of four all. I've just checked the video, actually. It was four all on Yannick's serve in the third set. And if there are any screenshots that are going to be on Twitter, it'll be this moment because it was deuce at four all in the third Ooh. set. And of course, if, if Daniel breaks there, he's serving for the match. Uh, but then Daniel gets broken in both of those sort of sets, four and uh, three and four. So not quite a smash and grab, but like, um, you know, uh, uh, Yannick was ruthless in that moment and, and broke in both those sets and the fatigue. It was just so clear. Um, I know it's like, again, that confirmation bias there we spoke about. But then then Daniel's getting some blister attention. You can see, I think, at 4-2 in the fifth, he's just trying to get some, you know, he's just getting some vocal support. But everyone looked beleaguered, and, and I felt that. And um, I'm sure Daniel will, will reference it, probably not on court right now, but probably in his, in his press conference when he's asked about it, that it was just too much time. And arguably, he lost this final in the previous six rounds. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It, it forced something amazing out of him in the first two sets. But at the same time, getting over the finish line when Sinner just started maybe just playing a little safer, better mentally, yeah, it was just kind of impossible for him to get over the finish line, actually, unless Sinner may massively, you know, screwed something up. And yeah, even when Daniel started attacking in like sets four and five, it was all like very unprepared. Of course, he was like on his last legs and, and basically at that point, he was just feeding Sinner, you know, some easy passes or, or yeah errors it's not really a play style of course that he's super familiar with it's not something he goes for a lot uh medvedev but i'm i'm really excited to just see what he does with it going forward yeah like if, if this becomes like a per permanent option in his arsenal and and yeah i would agree with the fact that he kind of like i don't know if, if he would have won if he doesn't go so deep with everyone in the first six rounds but it certainly like forced out an ex and a very different game plan a very different match and while, of course, he was somewhat close to winning, he was two sets to love down. After that, it was always going to be like an uphill battle. And yeah, he just sort of threw it at Sinner, threw everything what he had in the first two sets, and then just sort of questioned whether Sinner will be able to keep himself together while having that like zero margin for error, really, in terms of you know the sets and the fact that he was two sets to love down. So yeah, I mean, I, I really can't criticize Medvedev for anything here in this match because I guess he did everything he could on the day you know he just yeah, he knew yeah. that he was physically spent he knew that right away he has to go edit he did it it didn't work out but um yeah the the first six rounds how tough they were eventually that showed up big time yeah all right damien uh i'll go one more from you actually yannick sit up <laughs> world number one this year <laughs> i guess it becomes a possibility after melbourne uh we'll see how strong Djokovic is uh, like, how is he going to able to um, manage himself after this? Of course, he did look like 36 at, at some point of the event. So, But I would still consider him a major contender. I think Alcaraz on the surface that's more suitable for him is also going to be dangerous. But yeah, I mean, after after picking up 2,000 points, 
Of course, it is a possibility. He should be good at the Sunshine Double like he was last year. He should be good at the Clay Masters, although maybe not as good as, as, as at the other surfaces. And yeah, it, it is a possibility. He's, he's all-rounded enough. And of course, he starts the year with a bit of a head start, not necessarily in the ATP rankings yet, but, but in the ATP race. Indeed. All right, Damien, uh, enjoy your trip. Hopefully, yeah. About 14 hours by bus, maybe. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> so Damien, Damien's off to Koblenz for a challenger, um, which I attended a year ago. I um, can't believe it, that year's gone so quickly. All right, and I'll speak to you soon. friend of the show is not playing this year, so... so you can't Liam's not playing this year, no. Yeah, you don't have to attend then. <laughs> yeah. All right, Damien, thanks very much. See ya. Bye. So I'm just going to tune in uh, to Daniel Medvedev's speech. Let's have a quick listen. Let's have a listen to this. <coughs> Excuse me. Why you deserve it, uh, you fought till then, you managed to raise your level. Uh, you and your team are doing an amazing job. You winning a lot of tournaments, doing a lot of finals, so uh, winning a lot of matches and uh, probably that's not your last Grand Slam, but I hope I can can try to get uh, the next one if we play in the final because it's been, what, three finals in a row, so I'll try my best to uh, to do better next time, but really big congrats and you deserve it. Yeah, nice. Obviously, kind words there from Daniel, as you would expect, for, um, yeah. Yeah, he's thanking his team, of course. And uh, everyone else who supported me from this corner, I heard you every match. Thanks. Thank uh, you. Box, yeah. um, also, uh, yeah, sure about that. I don't know, maybe they turned off the TV, but Dasha, Alisa, if you're watching, I... Uh, uh, his wife and his kid. Couldn't make it, sorry. Yeah, the support he's been getting. Probably being in the final is better than losing before. Ghosty, I agree. Although, although Medvedev has the chance of of doing something. But I mean, at least Medvedev does kind of make things a bit more interesting. I do agree. A lot of them can be tedious, but um, uh, look at Medvedev. They're sort of breathing out and. Yeah, it's a tough loss. I, I, I think perhaps the loss it, to Rafa was worse. Um, we're going to get some words now from Yannick. Let's see what he's, the Italian's got to say after winning his first Grand Slam title. Um, I just want to congrats you and your team for an amazing tournament again. Um, I know we played um, so many finals already together. Um, but every, every match I... I find something where, where I can improve and um, you make me always a, a, a much, much better player. Obviously, your effort has been awesome throughout the whole tournament. Hi, Zocco's Tennis Zone. Zocco's Tennis Zone, click subscribe for me, can you? If you haven't done so already. 
remarkable to see. So I hope you can you can also lift this trophy here, but but I'm sure that you can. So I wish you all the best for the rest of the season. Yeah, I was saying that he says that he thinks Daniel. I mean, they are kind of predictable. You're like ghosty, ghosty. Thanking the sponsors and Jet Empire and all that. Happy Slam, yeah, as they call it. Right now, of course, we've got snow in Europe, he says. Where my parents are, it's minus 20 in the morning. A huge tournament for me, but um, I, yeah, I want to thank everyone for, for making this slam so special. So, yeah, special, special, special slam indeed. Okay, wonderful. Please, if you are just tuning in, do hit the like button. Hopefully, we're north of 30 likes already. Uh, do make sure you hit subscribe as well if you haven't done so already. Um, yeah, so Yannick Sinner winning his uh, first Grand Slam. And possibly the first of many, I'm sure that could well be what many of you are thinking. Uh, it's been uh, an epic day, an epic tournament, uh, sleepless nights, sleepless days as well. And uh, that does bring to a close today's live watch along. We will, of course, have WTA Weekly and ATP Weekly coming up over the next 24 hours or so. Uh, Nick will be presenting WTA Weekly um, tomorrow. So I think maybe in the daytime, not sure yet exactly. And then in the evening will be ATP Weekly with Damien and hopefully Mario as well. Uh, but that's still to come. And uh, yeah, two and a bit weeks, but it's really been a month of Australian action that has been uh, fun and exciting. I think this year's Australian Open definitely exceeded last year's, which I think was uh, on the men's side, at least largely a bore fest. Uh, but this year has been it's in a lot of exciting matches from Adelaide, Brisbane, and then obviously in Melbourne. But the year is just beginning. So even though it's the end to the Australian swing, we've now, of course, got tournaments coming up in the Middle East and the Americas. Unfortunately, Talking Tennis has been accredited. So we've got accreditation for uh, Dallas, Delray Beach, and Indian Wells as well. So we'll have presence and we'll have boots on the ground at all of those locations and hopefully more tournaments as well uh, but that uh, information is still pending so fingers crossed we get that okay tennis world Yannick Sinner winning that match in five sets he is a Grand Slam winner for the first time Australian Open champion 2024 Yannick Sinner tennis world thank you for stopping by and you know the drill if you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Podcast Network.